You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And good afternoon to the folks who love the Michigan football breakdown with my man Vance Bedford, fresh off a trip down to the Lone Star State, his old stomping grounds. Man, Vance, so they, they welcomed you in with open arms, man. So they had a gold-plated barber, barber chair for you, Vance. Did you get your, you get a nice man, line get you down there? I went down to Austin just to have a uh, speaker at this function. And uh, so they gave me a tour of facilities. It was a wild factor. They had two barber chairs in the locker room. Had to be gold-plated. So when nobody was looking, Sam, I got my, my I got this this little thing on my keys and I had to scrape me some of that gold off. Like, you know what? That's bad me. I left on the field in 1980. I, I gotta get paid for that. So all that NIL money, I didn't get none of that back in the day. So <laughs> it, it was something else. <laughs> well, folks, we got a lot to talk about. Uh Vance picked Michigan over Michigan State 49 and 9. Just so you was you were almost there, Vance. I, I had him winning. I think I think I had him winning 55 to 10. We both gave Michigan State way too much credit. Oh, we, we did. I, I said they were bad, but they, they weren't bad. I made a mistake. They were awful. This is different. They had no chance. I mean, it's just – I watch them play. They play with no enthusiasm. They, like they have no hope. Like this, out there just wearing, wearing a uniform. And they had a blackout, and it was. It was a blackout. They had it right on for us. Yeah, man. So we got a lot to talk about. We got some things to break down for the game. Certainly, if you have questions for Vance, start getting them in. But I, Vance, I mean, I think, well, this Michigan is playing. Given what everyone's reporting, you would think that, hey, maybe Michigan just has everyone's plays, Vance. I mean, you were a D.C. I mean, is it is it reasonable? Is it plausible to you that Michigan just has everybody's plays scouted down and they can just look at the sheet and know what's coming? You believe that? No, nah, no, nah, I, I think that that's crazy. If that's the case right now, he should have two national championships. We went and played Georgia two years ago. If he had all the signals, all the formations, he knew that it came out and they throwing the ball on every snap, quick game. He didn't been rolled up to cover two or cover man and take taking it away. Last year versus TCU, you know, in the third or fourth quarter on the mesh route, went for a touchdown. Instead of going zero blitz from rushing defensive ends, he'd have gotten out of zero blitz or dropped the two defensive ends like he did the whole year, and it never would have happened. So the people say, Sam, it's a 10% who have no life. Therefore, they're always complaining. They yell the loudest. The 90% are like, ah, you're a blowhard. It's no big deal. It's the, always a the 10%. They crying about something, making excuses about something. Why? They have nothing else to talk about. Their life must just be boring. So therefore, they got to do something else. You ever ran across a coach, Vance? I'm not asking you about anybody in, in particular. But you ever ran in front, in, into a coach who thought he was so smart that everybody else is just dumb? And the only way for the dummies to beat him because he's so brilliant and so smart is they must be cheating. They got to be cheating in order to beat him. I think there's a coach out there like that. I, I happen to think the 10% that you were referring to, most of them reside in the state of Ohio, focused in the town of Columbus. You're not saying that. This is me saying it. 
Because I've heard every excuse known to man about why they've been getting it, the, the brakes beat off them the last couple of years. I got a lot of reasons that I could point to. They really start with Ryan Day. Your former boss, your former boss, I, whatever you want to say about him, I happen to think Urban Buyer, I said it before, is a bit of a front runner. He stepped into some real plush talent situations. Alex Smith at Utah, all those dudes in Florida he stepped into. Braxton Miller and the guys he stepped into at Ohio State. But you know what? That dude can coach. You don't well, know. But, but Sam, on that note, when you mentioned Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer grew up under Earl Bruce. Earl Bruce grew up under Woody Hayes. He also worked for Lou Holtz, who grew up under who? Woody Hayes. Bo Simbeckler grew up under who? Woody Hayes. So guess what Urban's doing? He's going to hit you in the mouth. He's going to hit you in the mouth. Right. That, that, he gonna be, what did I say last year about Ohio State? I said he's a finesse football coach. They're a finesse football team with great talent. He wants to win pretty. And remember that first drive last year? They went right down the field. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, that's Urban. That's Urban. Hello. Did that's I say that? And then he went back to who he was. He wanted to win pretty and try to get his quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. That's what he tried to do. So you can sit back and say, well, they had our plays and this and that. Well, if that's the case, how did you go up and down the field in the first quarter running the football, then you got away from it? You know how he did that, Sam? So somebody told him they have a signal for our run plays, therefore don't run it anymore. We got to go back to throwing it and be soft again. That's what he did, Sam. Thank you. I'm just saying. Thank you, Vance. Vance Bedford, you my brother from another mother, man. I knew, I knew, I knew you were my guy. We see eye to eye. He came in and finessed him up and wondered what the problem is. See, say what you want about Urban Meyer. He ran a physical scheme. He understood how you have to win championships in this conference when you have someone that's man enough to stand up to you. See that? he he The finesse stuff worked when Michigan wasn't like that. Now that Michigan is like that, the finesse stuff doesn't work. But there has to be another. There has to be another reason, because I'm so brilliant. I'm so smart. The only way that someone can get with me is if they're cheating. Same thing he said about Clemson. Same thing he said about Georgia. Now all this is being floated out there. I'm not saying. I don't know if Michigan is guilty. I they, if they are, let the punishment be commensurate with the crime. That's all I'm saying. Don't make it be you get sent to prison for jaywalking. Because at the end of the day, and this is what I want you to lend some perspective to, Vance. Let's say for the sake of argument that they were able to decode some of the playbook. Now, mind you, Ohio State said last year, oh, we knew Michigan was still in place, so we changed everything up. What are we talking about then? I mean, where's all this noise coming from? If you change things up, you had the advanced scouting report that they had on you, and you were changing things around to make sure that their advanced scouting didn't work. You had Urban Meyer giving you the game plan to start the game. You had all these things going in your favor, and you got your ass kicked even worse. I don't get what the issue. Why are we talking about this? But, Vance, let's go ahead and lay out you as a defensive coordinator being in the position before of, of seeing people trying to steal signs, knowing what kind of impact they have on the game. Let's say you had the key, the code, how could, how much of that could you actually implement play to play series to series 
have to have, especially against a team that runs tempo? Like, how, how much of that could you really put in there? Too much information is like, like having no information. Only thing I want to know if it's run or pass. That's all I want to know. I don't what play you run. I can care if I know it's pass. Certain things I might want to be in. If I know it's run, there's certain things I might want to be in. Otherwise, not. If you give a person too much information, it's like having no information. Like I said, I had a, a buddy of mine. He told me this story one time. They found the opponent's play sheet with the calls, situational calls, signals, had all that stuff going to the game. He said we had too much information. We got the big beat off of. We thought we were calling a perfect defense. It was perfect for the opponent. So some of that stuff is out of proportion. Now, I know the rules. The rules are you're not supposed to go on the road scouting. So that's a violation. But to say, well, the reason somebody's beating us because they have our, our signals, everybody has everybody else's signals across this country. You play a team uh, two or three years in a row, well, guess what? You have their signals. Okay, every conference I've been in, we had wristbands as, as uh, defensive players. So we go to wristbands, and sometimes – we might have six six calls on this one sheet, but three of them might be the same. So if you got a, a call on our wristband, well, they go to wristband two, three is this call, but it's also four and five. So it's all those things trying to confuse people still in signals. And the people who did it the best is a military school. That's what they do for a living. Right? They'd be having three and four binoculars on the, on the play caller, and by the first after the first quarter, they know everything you're doing. And guess what? It still doesn't help them against better competition. Why? It's not good enough. Last year, Ohio State wasn't physical enough. That's why he lost the ball game. And let's be honest. If they just stayed to that first quarter, what they did, I'm going to be honest with you, Michigan fans, you wouldn't have won that ball game. I was scared to death. When they started throwing the football again, I'm like, yes. Yes. You're playing right to That's what I was saying. I'm saying, please do not continue to do that. They went right down the field like we weren't even out there. I mean, they, they really did. And this year, Ohio State, they're running the ball more. They're trying to be more physical. They're sure versus Notre Dame. I'm giving them credit what credit is due. They're doing the same for one reason. The quarterback's not the quarterback of the past exactly. seven or eight years. Exactly. And he's gotten better, though. But they've become a more physical football team than what they've been for the past several years since Urban Myers left that program. Well, listen, I saw that Ohio State-Penn State game. And, uh, you know, obviously both teams have some talent. But running the football and quarterback play is neither of those teams' strong suit. So respect your opponent. They certainly had the talent to come into Ann Arbor and win. But I didn't watch that game and come away feeling nervous, come, feeling like, oh, they are better than they were last year. So you can look at Michigan and you say, man, that team looks better than they were last year. You know, there might be some places where they – they aren't quite like the run game. Like, is it, as, is it as imposing as it was last year? No. They got some time to continue to work on it. But you look around, the pass rush fans, you, you give me your take. But the pass rush seems better. Linebacker play seems better. Quarterback play is on a different, yeah. on, on a different plateau this year. It's a totally different stratosphere, the quarterback play. And he was good last year. I'll tell you what, if I'm playing Michigan, you know the guy who scares me more than anybody else? Is loving a tight end. That guy scares me. You have a guy like him in the middle of the field that's working on linebackers, I would have to have a game plan. I got to find a way to take him out of the ball game because that's the safety valve for JJ. He gets in trouble, he looks for that guy. I need to find a way. I got to somehow slow that cat down 
I cannot let him beat me. I know what you got outside. I have to stop him in a running game, and I have a chance. But if I can't stop Loveland, you can't stop anything. So you got to prepare for that. He reminds me of the tight end from uh, from Georgia. He's not as quick or athletic. I'll tell you what, he's pretty close. Folks, you can start getting your questions for Vance in the comment section, YouTube, Facebook, you know, however you put the questions down. We'll get to your questions for Vance uh, as we get later into the, the process here. Just as you reflect upon the game, I did done all this talking about this science because that's the hot topic right now. Right. You know, investigation ongoing. You know, we'll wait to hear what what comes. Sam, hold on. Well, Sam. Is that a microphone? Nah, I just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, hey, it's so bad. I I get why they paired. Listen, if you if you have some exposure here, like whether it was a, a an employee who got overzealous, or it was more than that. Now, I tend to think it was an employee that got overzealous. I don't know. That that was the case. Either way, if you know, if you did it, that there be, it's going to be a punishment. It's a violation. Just like when they had an analyst coaching, I said before it even became, uh, you know, the the negotiation with the NCAA. Before that even became public, I said, "Listen, y'all, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Some of this stuff they said Michigan did, they did do, and so there's going to be some consequences. I'm not one to to skirt. If they did something, I will tell you, right." And that there's going to be some negotiation to come up with the appropriate punishment, right? You sell, you go in, that's how it works with the NCAA. NCAA wanted to take a level two violation or some level two violations and turn them into a level one. That's where the impasse kind of comes. Difference here is I don't know. I don't have the information on this that, hey, he, you know, this was really going on with everyone's knowledge. I don't know that. Even if it wasn't going on with everyone's knowledge, it's someone on staff that might have been doing something extracurricular, there'll be a punishment that comes from that. The issue is how it's being used to undermine everything they've done. How many signs did, did they need to steal to beat, beat these teams they played so far this year, Vance? They ain't no. You think they need to steal signs to beat Michigan State? I mean, really? What have I said the entire year? The entire season so far, I'd say it's going to be a block in every single ball game. Because when I watch the opponent, I watch the quarterback first, see what he can do. And the offensive line, I, each week I've said the same thing. So whether you're still in, still in signals or not, it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. We were so much better than the opponent, and we showed that. Even when you put the backups in, they showed the same thing. So this has been blown out of proportion. And I know about the rules and all of this and that, but if the NCAA want to get something right, let's get the NIL right. Mm-hmm. Tell me about a guy making supposed to be making two million dollars in college. Just, I call it legalized cheating. In other words, the teams that are doing that, they were doing it before that, just under the table. Now nah, you just made it legal in CAA. So get your act right. Go go check that out first. That's a real problem as far as I'm concerned. This here is mine. Yeah, Michigan's not winning because they're still in the signal, they're winning because they're better. Right there with you. All right. Uh I got to get your, your take on, on Mike St. Ristol, on the, the defensive play against Michigan State. I know Michigan State wasn't a very good team, but just as you looked at the tape and we went over it in the film study, what and who stood out to you about the defensive 
performance against the Spartans? Uh, you know, my boy Graham here, another great game. Did a great job. He did some things that a guy throwing a 10 pounds not supposed to do. Barrett, he showed up big in this game. I mean, as far as his blitzing, his execution, his coverage, and then, of course, little Mike outside. He, he had a great game. too. He did some things fundamentally that I really love technique-wise. Now, I've been on my man number 12. I think he had probably his best game of the year so far. So he, he took a step. So for having an open day coming up, certain guys got a chance to get healthy and also continue to work on the fundamentals to get us ready for the next three ball games. Yeah, all right, folks. Go ahead and get your questions in for Vance Beffer. We're going to jump right in. All right. So, uh, Vance, you said something in the film study. You know, it could be uh, – it can throw you off when you feel like you could point to some other reason for teams beating you. Like, if you think teams are stealing your signals and you you try to change everything up on the fly, it could really confuse you. So, LT says, Sam, will signal gate backfire on Ohio State causing more of immediate distraction for Ohio State uh, in a lead-up to the game and adding pressure on them by taking away that excuse for losing. You think it's going to be uh, putting some, a little more pressure on them in that game, Vance? You know, the distraction is going to be to Ohio State if they want to leak their information because the media is going to talk more about that than the actual game. And that is a distraction, especially for if it's your own media, that's all they're talking about. So to me, it's going to affect them a lot more than just for the Michigan players because all you just did, you just made the players angry. That's all they did. Now they're going to go out and try to physically just beat people up to prove a point. So it, it has motivated us even more as a football team to go out and show people, hey, that's how you're going to try to bring us down. We won't really, we, we've been taking it easy. We couldn't put our foot on the gas right now and run through people. So I feel sorry for the next three opponents. All right, get your questions in for Vance right there in the comments section. We'll start running them down. Here's one from Z got that dog in him. Said Mikey was on the train this week. Question, coach. Is there any chance our offense leans toward leans towards a finesse offense with JJ being such a stud? You think they 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 become more finesse as a result of JJ? What do you think? Now you should be running. I, I listen to a little bit of Al. You know, you're running your duo now. You got the duo counter. You do I mean now. Nah. We're going to, hey, as long as Harbaugh is the head coach, Sharon Moore, who played offensive line at Oklahoma, is calling plays. We're going to hit you in the mouth. That's going to be the first thing we do. And that sets up all the other things that we do. When I look at other people, we're talking about down in Columbus, everything for them in the past since Ryan Day has become a football coach is that we're going to throw the ball down the field first and run second. Michigan's going to run the football first. Totally opposite. So we're going to be a lot more physical. Your defense becomes more physical when your offense is physical. When your offense is finesse, your defense becomes finesse. That's why last year they came in that game and tried to blitz us trying to be more aggressive. I look at Penn State. Penn State is a running team. Why? Because their defense is a blitzing team. They're physical on defense. Their quarterback is another average guy who can't throw it very well. But they're going to blitz us. So Penn State's going to be a challenge for us. And I hope they don't go to a whiteout. Every time they go to a whiteout, we throw maize and blue all over that white and we leave out there smiling every game. They need to get a different color up there in Penn State. All right, here we go. Let's go right back to the questions. And this, uh, this is in keeping with that, that commentary. Tyler W. wants to know, Vance, can you give us your opinions on the Penn State and Ohio State defenses 
flip this around and talk offense uh, as well. But let's get your opinions on their defenses after watching them in that game against one another. Do you think Michigan matches up well with them? Penn State's going to give us some problems because he's going to blitz you no matter what. That's what he does. And he's going to try to get J.J. to make some errant passes by the pressure. And they come from different angles all the time. And that's going to be a challenge for our offensive line. The key is this, is that if our defense can make a few plays and shorten the field, we should win that game by at least 17 points. Because Penn State's offense, I think, is average. I thought that the quarterback could throw it better than what he did. I thought they ran some up-tempo, and they really didn't. They really are a fundamental football team relying on their defense and special teams to win games. If we get up on them, they're in trouble. Ohio State, because of Marvin Harrison II, he's a dangerous guy. And the only thing I had to say bad about Penn State's defense, you know you had to stop that guy. And you're doing all that blitzing, you should have found a way to double him. Mm-hmm. Take him out of the mix so that guy can't beat you. Because no matter what, defensively, Ohio State's playing better. They're not zero blitzing like they did a year ago. They're keeping a guy back deep in case somebody breaks. So they learned a lesson from playing Michigan last year. They did. And so he's going back to different schemes, zones, a man-to-man with a guy in the post. Because when you zero blitz now and, and a guy that makes the trip on a stunt, it's an end zone. We do a lot of pressure, but you know what? Our guys are normally off somewhere, so if a ball breaks, the secondary can rally to, to a ball game. Last year, Ohio State, they walked up in press and zero blitz, so when the ball broke, they had nobody back there. I mean, that made no common sense. Most of the time, when I zero blitz, I told the guy, you're not pressed. I want you to play off unless you're in the red zone because I want you to see the ball thrown. I'm going to go back to the 1998 Rose Bowl, 97th season. We play in Washington State. Washington State is driving with Ryan Lee. We're in zero coverage. And Charles Woodson is playing off technique. His guy ran a hitch. He saw the ball being thrown at number two. He came off and made one of the, probably in my opinion, one of the best interceptions he made the entire year. If he'd have been impressed, it would have been a touchdown. We're not going to be Washington State. I'm being honest with you. But again, just going back to some things fundamentally that I believe in. And zero blitz, unless you're in the red zone, we don't press. Play off so we can rally to the football. Yeah, listen, uh, is is Ohio State more disciplined defensively? I buy that. I absolutely buy that. They they don't bust as much. And yet, there was nothing I saw in that game against Penn State that made me think, oh, man, this is just, uh, this is just so much tougher of a defense they're going to be tougher to deal with this year because no disrespect intended but the penn state quarterback drew aller vance he he was not i mean he was missing wide open receivers reads were off he was oh they were 0 for 15 on third down until the final drive i mean he just was not ready he was missing guys at point blank range and that's not going to be jj mccarthy in that game he's just a guy he's just a guy they, they are a running team and he's better off when they can go plaques and pass. But the running game isn't working. Plaques and pass doesn't work. And that was the problem in that ball game. I mean, nothing was working. They couldn't run the football. So, therefore, the passing game was down. Because, again, I, don't, I didn't see anybody special at the wide receivers for Penn State. They didn't have any game breakers out there. So, it played right to the strength of what Ohio State does defensively. And so, it was an easy game to dominate. And Penn State's defense kept them in the ball game. Their issue, again, they forgot Marvin Harrison's a good receiver now. I mean, you're going man-to-man with him, you're not going to cover that guy. Oh, if you remember right, I think it was in the second quarter, Penn State sacked the quarterback, scooped and scored for a touchdown, and got a call back. Yeah. That whole game could have been different on that play. 
But guess what happened down the field? The DB was getting beat, so he grabbed the receiver. And that is what they do defensively. It's high risk sometimes to be a low reward. Yeah, man. We have to take a play You You mentioned they don't zero blitz as much. Man, they ran a zero blitz in this game. I was, so Vance, Devin, and I, we we were going over the game, going over some of the some of the plays, getting ready for the bye week. There was a zero blitz, and they had a slant. And the quarterback, like Vance, if he if he hits him, it's a touchdown. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's a touchdown. He tries to airmail it because he he sees a guy in his window. Devin was like, man, you got to pump that. You got to pump that to open the window so you can hit him right in stride. And if he hits him in stride, it is a touchdown. It's at least 50, 60 yards. And so I'm just saying, that's J.J. McCarthy? Oh, man. It's, okay. Like, like I said, I this is going to be one of those games where Ohio State, no more excuses. No more excuses. You lose this one. Ryan Day can't point. He can't fire anybody else. He's fired everybody. He's given you every excuse. If they lose this year, everybody can know. We can all agree what the problem is, at least from an Ohio State perspective. It's Ryan Day. He's the problem. If they lose this year, he's the problem. Notre Dame, when they played Ohio State, they gave that game away. That's, that's before you go back. They did some things that wasn't very smart. They played great ball until that last three minutes of the game. All of a sudden, it's like they forgot how to play. They forgot how to coach, and the players forgot how to play. We take that away, which you can't, okay? Ohio State found a way to win the ball game. So Ohio State's been in some tough – I'll tell you what Ryan Day is telling his team right now. We've had some tough physical ball games that we have found a way to win. In the fourth quarter, the game is close. We have done it the entire year. Michigan has no idea. The game gets close and tough in the fourth quarter. They are going to choke. I can hear what he's telling them right now. Because they're not playing in a close ball game. They hadn't played under pressure. We've been playing under pressure the whole year, and we come out the back end. So we're going to put the pressure on them in the fourth quarter. They're going to choke, and we're going to win. That's what he's telling his team right now. I can, I can hear it right now because that's what I'll be saying. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Right, right. Okay, let's get back to the questions for Vance Beffer. Uh, the next one, 
Vance, did you hear what Prime Time, what he, what Prime Time's answer was about all this? He said, "You can have someone's whole game plan. You still got to stop it." Yes, you do. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I mean, it, it's uh, like I said, this stuff is blown out of proportion. I'm glad he said that because he's speaking the truth. You still got to go out there and play the game. The players don't have a game plan. You call them a game, right? So as you get in the game, you break down the opponent. You got the, on first and 10, what's the top three plays? Second and 17, second and three and six. So, on. so what's their top plays? And you put your defensive end that you like to stop those plays. So you're getting a ball game. Even if you have those, those calls, if they're going fast, how do you get it in? You don't. If they're checking out a lot of scrimmage, how do you get it in? We can't. So, again, I'm making a point. It's overblown. It's something for people to talk about why they got to have an excuse on why Michigan is winning and other people not. Everybody across this country is trying to find ways to get your signal. As a defensive coordinator, I went through that every single year, every time I was a coordinator. And as a DB coach, I was telling my, you know what, we need to change our, our, our calls. We need to either go to wristbands. That way we protect ourselves and our kids and move on. I never put a whole lot of stock into it because at the end of the day, the players got to go play no matter what you say. Yeah, man. I, you, you, it's funny. Uh, at least the coaches I've seen thus far, I mean, everybody, all the coaches are getting asked about it. Uh, Prime was like, hey, man, stop it. You got to stop it. You got to stop the team. Matt Rule in Nebraska, he's like, hey, man, everybody steal signs. He said, right, they go and doing the advanced scouting. That's a violation. But at the end of the day, if you want if you think sign stealing offers a strategic advantage, because that's not what the rule was about. Because it's a Buckeye in. So like, hey, read the rule, read the rule. Advanced scouting is against the rules. I know advanced scouting is against the rules, but let's get into the spirit of the rule. Why did they make it a rule? It wasn't because they felt like it gave it made a strategic sort of imbalance. It was because they felt like everyone couldn't afford to do it. That, that it was is a, true. It was a money thing. Everybody couldn't afford to go to games to get whatever, however many, four or five plays a game it might help you with. They couldn't afford to do it. That's what it was. Because if they really thought a major strategic advantage was was gained from stealing signs, this is a very simple solution, Vance. The, the National Football League has had the, the, the speaker in the quarterback's helmet since 1994. In 2008, they went over to the defense and said, y'all can have one too. Now both sides can get their signals in and nobody can steal them. You know, if you don't have that, do a wristband. Hey, how about your huddle from time to time if you want to throw teams off? There are ways to get around all of this. I'm not saying that if you did it, you shouldn't be punished. I'm saying if they did it, let's keep it real about what kind, what the magnitude of the impact was. That's all I'm saying. All right. Sam, like I keep saying, 10% always crying about something. If, 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 if they won the lottery, they're going to be disappointed because they didn't win the Powerball. I didn't win the Powerball. There's somebody cheated me out of there. So they're always going to be crying about some reason why that they're not happy. You know what? They're just miserable people. So let it ride. The 90%, they could kill that primary on the head. You still got to go out there and play. So let the 10% keep on crying and be miserable. But the reason why Michigan is winning, because they've done a great job coaching and the players go out there and play. And you know what Harbaugh's done? Look at his recruiting over the past five years. He's changed. That's what the difference is coming to play. With the transfer portal, look at the offensive line. With these young offensive line, that's why you win. You win with players first. Don't kid yourself. Every great coach got great players. I, I worked with Urban Meyer. The amount of first round picks we had at Florida back when I was there in 2008, 
He had three first rounders in the offensive line, quarterback, first round pick, a receiver, first round pick. We had a running back who was an alternate to the Olympics on the four by one. The other guy could beat him in the 40 yard dash. Okay. We had, we still got guys from that football team still playing in the NFL on defense. We won with players. So don't kid yourself. Michigan right now is winning with players and they're doing a great job coaching the players they have. So let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah, I'm with you. I wish, like Greg Shiano said, man, I ain't, I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about officials. Y'all trying to drag me into this. Don't drag me into this mess. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I, I'm, maybe there's a coach who's come out and said something publicly about me. Most of the coaches who've come out, it's like, man, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, let's get back to it. Uh, Tobias Lewis said, Vance, are you feeling better about our DBs after this game? They seem like they took a step forward from last week. Do you, do you believe that, Vance? They took a step forward. They, they really did. I mean, I, I saw some things I hadn't seen from, from especially from the corners. I've really been hard on the corners, to be honest with you. In this particular ball game, I think they all stepped forward, made some plays, looked better. But again, I'm going to make this point. The level of competition we just played was not very good. They were very dominant, which showed that they'd taken proper steps in the direction they need to go in for the next three ball games. All right, let's get back to the questions. But Coach Bedford, here it is. Uh, Newber wants to know, from a coach's perspective, is it hard to keep the team focused with so many outside distractions? No, it becomes easier. Because you just gave me something to give my teams to say, you know what, guys? You're trying to say the only reason we win them because we're doing something that other people are not doing. If you're going to listen to that, you ought to really be pissed off. I go back to my last year at Louisville. Everybody's talking about offense with Teddy Bridgewater and the reason why we're not going to be able to win ours because of uh, defense. We finished the moment in our nation in defense. I posted that every week all over the place. You guys are soft. The reason we can't win. So I got them focused on what everybody said, and they just got pissed off and played angrier, more physical, and harder. So right now, Michigan's team, they getting all pissed off about this. They getting refocused right now. And you're going to see when they after they come back from their break, I feel bad for the next opponent. They're going to be hungry. We just, y'all, you, did, you made them hungry. That's all it is. It's like you got a dog. You hadn't fed him about two or three days. He out there, ah, ah, you throw that steak out there. Oh, my goodness. I feel sorry for that steak. He didn't even shoot. He just gulped it down. It's so weird. So, so whoever putting all this out there, true or not true, yes or no, Michigan's winning because they're doing a great job coaching. And the players, the talented players are playing well. That's why they win. All right, let's keep it going with the crazy guy said, you just, y'all just pissed off a lion. It's Ooh, just pissed off. right there. He, hey, he mad right now. That's all it is. It's like the Lion King. He back. Simba done grew up. <laughs> Speaking of Simba, that's like JJ. And so that here's another question. Cameron Diggs wants to know, Coach Vance, if you were coaching against JJ, what would you try? I'm blitzing JJ. I said that last year. You know, I'm just like George. George blitzed him. Uh, TCU tried to blitz him. What you do, I, I got to get him off his spot. And I'm going to blitz him from the field. I'm going to blitz him from his throwing hand. I'm going to make him go to his left. If he can beat me going to his left, then you know what? Better football team. But I'm going to try and make them uncomfortable as I possibly can. 
and get ready to go. My biggest thing is this, and I'm going to say this again. The guy who scares me is Lovell. I don't have an answer for him. He's the most dangerous guy on that football field. I know about Blake, and I, and I know about the running backs, and I know about the receivers. To me, that guy in crucial situations, he keeps showing up in every single ball. You get in the red zone, where's Lovell at? I want to know where he is. That's the guy that worries me. So, number one, I'm going, I'm going to blitz JJ, and I got to find Lovell and take him out the mix. But this dude has been lethal on the move. Obviously, it was to his right in this game. He had a couple of those bingo crosses, the one for 22 yards in the first down, the 25-yarder to Roman in the end zone. But I'm going to take you back to Nebraska, Vance. Nebraska. They stink. <laughs> Nebraska rushing three people. I hear you. I, I'm just saying I, we've seen him scramble to his left, giving you that. Go, yeah, it's not his throw there. He still showed you a real accurate pass down the field in the end zone. So we'll see. I think this is a different quarterback this year, Vance. All I got to say, in 2000, 2007, I was at the University of Michigan. We planned the Florida Gators in a bowl game. They said, that's what we have to do to beat these guys. But one, we got to make sure Keith take Percy Harvin away, which we didn't. He, he got free so many times. He got tired in the fourth quarter where he couldn't hurt us anymore. Okay? <laughs> but we said for Tim Tebow, two things. Don't let him scramble to his left. And don't let him step up. He never hurt us. We made him go to his right. Guess what he couldn't do? Wasn't very good. When he couldn't step up, wasn't very good. Now, I know you're not a Tebow fan. Yeah, T-ball I was going to say, that's a tight end playing quarterback, man. Now you go right there, but again, you say, I'm going to take certain things away. So when I look at J.J. again, if he can beat me going to his left and not stepping up, you're a bad man. I'm going to find – all I'm saying, Sam, is I'm going to find out. Find out. Yeah. I'm going to find Bring out. Bring that on. Bring that on. That's okay, Ohio State, because they, they need some tips, fans. They need some tips. Oh, hey, they, you know what? They listen to me and just get mad because in that game last year, they didn't listen to me. I can tell you that right now because I told – what did I say? He is not going to do what Illinois did because that's not who they are. He got out of his comfort zone trying to do something different and they got him beat. He got killed doing that. Because, again, when you run and do off his own play, and if you do it the right way, which Michigan State didn't do it, if you go to, to the to the uh, telestration, you're going to say, we talked about how kindergarten they were, offensive line. When you run in that play, when they run a twist on the guy disappears, you don't chase him, you climb to the next guy because the next guy is in his pocket. Well, they last year Ohio State blitzing. We got duo going on. A guy disappeared inside. He just climbed. So when the other guy came around, bam, hit him right in the mouth. Chris is right there. So when you're going to play the right way and you're twisting, an offensive line picks it up, you're a gap short. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how that all breaks down. And I can't wait to see number nine kind of show you, Vance. Like, because he might he might be joining old Tim Tebow in the Heisman, in the Heisman house. We'll see. He's right now, he should be because right now I don't see anybody else out there. They're all about the same. Guy from USC don't sell this true colors. I mean, he doesn't struggle against good football teams the last two ball games. He kind of showing where he is. So all of a sudden, this generational talent they've been talking about, all these people starting to shut their mouths right now. Yeah. You know, it's, you were talking about Coast and Lovell, and it leads right into this question from Aaron Majewski. He says, Shall we expect to continue to see a heavy dose of that tight end group? Seems to be they are getting a bigger piece of the pie every week. So it's, you mentioned Coast and Loveland. I mean, the, the receiver, the leader for the game, 
was 89. A.J. Barner had eight receptions, 99 yards, a touchdown, had another touchdown taken off the board. He balled out, too. I mean, when you people go, when you go to 12 or 22 personnel with all those tight ends, most people go to a bigger personnel defensively. And when you do that, you're going to either put a strong safety or a linebacker on these tight ends. They're not covering the tight ends that we have right now. And all the misdirection and the flex and pass we do, that's a problem for those guys. So, again, that package, those two different packages, I think are pretty good. And it, it lets those offensive guys, again, love them. You have to – I mean, again, I, he scares me to death if I'm on defense. A really good tight end, he makes you nervous because he's playing too deep. He can stretch it. If he's single high, it means you're man up. But now you've got the other tight end starting to step up too. That's a dangerous package. It really is. And against a Penn State of Blitzen team, that package, that could be pretty effective. All right. Let's go ahead and get back to more questions for Vance. We still got time. If you have questions for Vance, put them in the comment section, and we will get to as many as we can in the time that we have left. All right. So let's get to the next one. Jake uh, Roheiser wants to know, do you think these latest allegations will hurt us in recruiting fans? No, no. It's Michigan. It's those helmets. It's coming out of the tunnel. It's the band. It's the big house. It's academics. It's not going to hurt anything. And the next thing I deal with is the NIL. So this is not going to do anything whatsoever to her recruiting. All you're doing right now is giving the University of Michigan more publicity. That's all you're doing. It's actually helping us in recruiting. That's all it is. So let them keep talking. That means more and more players across the country are looking at it. So it's probably going to help us more than anything else. All right. Cody Terrell says, Vance, Junior Colson had a lot of tackles, 11, but has been quiet the rest of the season. I believe it's based on a dominant D-line. Because he's a great linebacker, what are your thoughts on number 25, Junior Coast? I mean, a, a lot of times you say a guy has a quiet year. He's just killing them softly, that's all. He's where he's supposed to be in pass coverage. So if you see a high-thrown ball, guess what? He's where he's supposed to be. It didn't go down on a stat sheet. That's okay. Sometimes he's blitzing. He's in the pitch down with somebody else, so he's picking with somebody else, and they get free. I mean, so it's a combination of everything you just said, a dominant front. Also, what we're doing, but he's having another really good year. He and Barrett both. So, look for him to have more plays in the upcoming games because of the teams we're playing right now. They're going to be playing better offensive line than we've played in the past few ball games. So, his stats will go up really fast. Plus, we've been playing more people, too. He's only playing two and a half quarters a game. So, his stats should go down. Back to the questions for Vance. Put them in the comment section. We'll get to as many as possible. All right, the next one. Uh, this was uh, actually a point I'm, I'm right there with you. JJ isn't a freshman. Freshman lose big games many times. I agree. Uh, these, you know, we're talking about quarterbacks at Penn State and Ohio State that are not freshmen, but they are new to this type of pressure cooker. And the quarterback for Ohio State has been in, a, been in those situations a little bit more. But the biggest difference was he was at home, and he has the best receiver in college football. Like, Marvin Harrison makes a whole lot look right. Uh, he, uh, he is amazing. And so it's one of those things where he was throwing the ball behind the fans. Like, Marvin Harrison was making all – he was making that dude look better than he actually played. I'll tell you, Ohio State is supposed to have two first-round picks 
with their wide receiver group. Marvin Harrison was a top 10 pick based on how other people want to take him. So he has some guys to throw to. What he's going to be doing when he plays in Michigan, he's going to be watching that defensive front. Because based on the look, he's going to like, they coming. Where are they coming from? He's going to get nervous. Now, you're looking for Marvin. I'm pretty certain that the defense is going to have some way to have two guys take away Marvin Harrison. Now, if you just isolate the guy one-on-one, I think we have some trouble. I just don't think matchup-wise, we don't have a guy that can say, I'm going to take him and match up with him. I don't think we have that kind of guy right now. I think that receiver is a different cut above. Last year, JJ did a – not JJ, but my young corner, he did a great job on him last year. Will Johnson. Yeah, Will Johnson. But right now, one-on-one, by yourself, no. Nah. I mean, I, I go back to – with the Chicago Bears, we're playing the Minnesota Vikings. They had my man put his hand up like that. They made it for Yeah, Randy Moss, yeah. <laughs> and they had Chris Carter. I'm like, let me tell you, we play man-to-man, we're not man-to-man. Corner, you press, post safe, you're the top of my man. I said, well, I'm on Chris Carter. You're on, you're on zero cover. I said, but he's not putting his hand up on me. I'm taking him out of the mix. I'm going to make other people beat me. He gave us a chance to win. I probably was 50-50 against them at that time. But it gave us a chance to beat them. If not, he'd have beaten us by himself. I mean, so again, going to that ball game, we got to find a way to make sure we don't leave 18 out there by himself one on one. If we do, we're asking for trouble. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one. <laughs> Cameron Dean said, Hey, keep it real. Did y'all fall asleep during that boring Ohio State Pitt State? It was a boring game, man. I turned. After after the half, I like I had enough. I, I, it was time for me. I was heading out of Houston, so I was doing some cleaning up. I was like, I'm done with this game. Let me find something else. That was a terrible ball game. Two good defenses and average offenses. Yeah. And subpar quarterback play. Yes. Uh, one more subpar than the other. David Giannini wants to know, Vance, we've seen the offense build off of plays and add twists. Uh, have you seen a disguise Disguise off base plays week to week. Are they? Are you seeing them build off of things from week to week defensively? Yeah, we have. We saw in this past week. If you look at the illustrations, right now we've run low defense, and so far this year in low defense, that means we got like three guys to one side, one guy to the other side of the center, and so normally everything was for that side. So with Michigan State, what they did, they turned the entire offensive line that way. Well, in this particular ball game, we brought things to the weak side. They came clean every single time. And their offensive line never adjusted. So, yeah, each week we building off different stunts from different looks. So you have a lot to work on. you got to find a way to have a base rule offensively. But what is that? The players need to make adjustments on the football field. And you've heard me say this in the past. Robots get you beat. Michigan State had a bunch of robots up on the offensive line. They couldn't adjust to what they were seeing. Because sometimes I tell my players, overcome my coaching. I don't give you the, the great foundation. You get in the game, certain things might not be covered. Because of a base foundation, you can adjust to whatever they do because you've been taught that in the classroom and in practice. All right. On to the next one. We still got a little time left for, for Vance. Uh, so it's actually, you know, Buckeyes, hey, y'all feel free. You know, y'all keep coming Jump in. Jump on in. Get laced up. I see y'all in the, in the chat. Suddenly showing back up. Y'all's absent for a long time, except for Go Jay. Go Jay, he, he kept showing up even when Ohio State didn't have nothing to talk about. 
But the rest of y'all showing up in the chat. Wow. Okay. Yeah, let's bring them on. Just, I got something to say. Yeah, just make sure y'all come the week of the game, right? Because it's been like a long time since I've seen this video, y'all. Hang it, Rob. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. Um, Vance. Newbert wants to know, what aspect of the defense should be worked on most in the bye week? Coverage. I think we need to continue to work on that, the details of it. I mean, you, you look at, we've been hurt on some balls over the middle when they've had time. When people can isolate us one-on-one -on -one outside when we're playing off technique with a zone of man, and we've been getting double moved when people go match protect. So, again, that has been a little concern of mine. And I've seen questions this week and last week and week before last. Do you feel advanced? Do you feel better about uh, the secondary right now? In this ball game yesterday, I mean, I saw some things out there that, that's a step in the right direction. But once again, we need to improve in that area. Ohio State can throw the football. The quarterback's gotten better. I think he's had two, 300-yard gains over the past several weeks. So they're getting better in that, in that area. The guy, uh, Maryland, Tua's brother, he can throw the ball now. So, again, we're going to be tested by those guys in the pass game. In the run game, I'm not worried about it. I think we, we can handle that. In the pass game, they will test us. So we'll find – if we ever get to Ohio State, University of Maryland is going to test our secondary. Then we're going to find out where we are as far as coverage-wise. Gotcha. Great stuff, Vance. All right, uh, Vance. John Dursey wants to know, Vance, are you worried about giving up so many slants? Do you think Michigan's giving up a lot of slants? Well, you know, we, we had some RPOs a couple of games ago. But for the most part, no. I mean, a slant is one of the easiest throws to make. I mean, if you can protect, get the hands down, and you throw on rhythm, if you're a man playing off, you should catch it every time. Now, if a corner is oversplit, that means he's really wide, a corner should be inside, he can take it away. But in most zone coverages, if you're running a double slant, what you're trying to do is get a backer or a nickelback to squeeze the, the first slant inside, and throwing a window. And so because of that, that's some zone coverage issues we had. I think we'll be okay with that. As long as we can tackle it for a minimum game, 10, 12 yards, it doesn't hurt you. If they got about four or five of them in a the ball game, then it makes a difference. And the best thing about the Big Ten, it's not a lot of RPOs. The ACC has RPOs. Even the SAC, you see RPOs. The Big 12. But in the Big Ten, you don't see a whole lot of that. Back to the deal here. Um, what do you think about DJ Waller's play? Amarion Walker could have had a pick. I see a lot of shuffling at corner uh, at the second cornerback or cornerback two, uh, including Wallace. Is that good? So DJ Waller was number thirteen. He was a kid who got the penalty late, but he's been he was playing throughout the game. And then Marion Walker, number one, six four, hundred ninety pounds, can run, can change direction, but making the transition from receiver. Remember, we were talking about. Him yeah. not getting any reps in the you know non-conference. Now they're starting to throw him out there, Vance. Did you get a chance to really evaluate them very much? I think it gives you some depth. I think we need that right now. We need some guys to be pushed. Some guys are playing early because of injuries. Mm -hmm. And like I said, anytime you get an opportunity, whether it's one or whether it's 21, you need to make the most of the opportunities. And early on in the season, you know, I, was, I was on guys pretty hard. They weren't making the most of the opportunities. So it's good to see other guys get the opportunity to play. Now the pressure that comes on the guys who are playing, he steps to the plate and do your job. And it shouldn't be pressure is the wrong word. It's just like, you know what? I need you to be back there. Because now I'm showing you why I should be the guy right now. Hmm. I need you to be playing at your best. 
because I'm not putting my best. I'd rather see you out there than me out there. And that's what you're seeing right now from us playing different guys in the secondary right now. All right. Let's go ahead and get to more. I mean, this is an opinion question. People keep asking about your, your perspective, Vance, being in the profession. And so uh, this next question kind of gets back on that, on that sign-stealing topic. This user wants to know. Let me pull it up here real quick. He said, uh, Jason Horrocks said, how many programs are really doing what Michigan is being accused of, in your opinion, Vance? First of all, what Michigan's been accused of, the facts hadn't come out, so I really can't say anything to that. But everyone is trying to find ways to steal signals. I mean, what do you think you see every Saturday, every offensive coordinator they got people with five guys around them trying to hide things they got? Uh, even if you're talking to them on, on Sunday, you can say they put their thing in front of their mouth so people can't read their emails. That's how crazy things are. Defensive coaches doing the same thing. You can see guys with towels behind a defensive coordinator so a guy in the press box can't see what they're doing. Or you can see four different guys signaling. So everybody's trying to find ways to steal signals. And the biggest thing you want to find out, personally, is the formation of his run of pass. Uh-huh. If you know those two things, you've got a better chance of understanding what's going on as far as how you want to call a game. The next thing is, if people going up-tempo, it's not much science to the signal going on. Right. Because you're just trying to get lined up. You know, I've been in the Big 12 where they go real fast. Them cats trying to get lined up. You're just trying to get a play call. I mean, they, they snapping the ball within 15 seconds. So what stealing are you doing? So, again, I'm going to go back to this again. It's been over-exaggerated. The 10% are raising all this cane about the reason they win it, the reason you beat us because you're stealing, stealing signals. If you actually believe that, there's something's wrong with you. i got to be honest with that. That means you're trying to say it's not my fault, it's somebody else's fault. It is your fault. First thing you should always do is take responsibility first. It says the man in the mirror said, look in the mirror. Look who's talking to you first. If you can understand that, you don't talk about other people. Sam, as a coach, I never talked about my opponent. What was important is what we did. After a game, I talked about what we did, not what they did. It's what we did right, what we did wrong. And that's the only thing that matters. No doubt. I think we have uh, pretty much wound down. Here's one. Don McGlynn said, can you talk about the difference between analyzing the film of the ones and twos compared to the threes and fours that we've been seeing in the third and fourth quarter? I can only imagine it's a coach's dream to have this much tape on so many players. So I guess the opportunity to play guys, um, you know, for like the entire fourth quarter and some of the third to evaluate the lower depth chart guys. I mean, have you have you first of all gotten a chance to really make any real clear observations on them? And you know, how beneficial do you think that's going to be to the team in the long run? I have it myself right now, as far as the guys that play, but it's beneficial to the team because it builds depth. Because now some of those young guys, they've had an opportunity to play more and more. You you go back to the first half of the season when uh, my man Graham was out. Those other guys, the rotation, you didn't have as many guys. They got a lot of opportunities to get better. And now you can see they, they're really good right now. And for the guys in the secondary, we had some guys missing early. So now we can have more depth. So the opportunity to build your team in case you have an injury, well, all of a sudden it's not a big loss anymore because those other guys have experience. So I think it's very beneficial when you can play a lot of guys that way. Absolutely. All right, Vance. That is That brings about a wrap to the day. It has been another outstanding film study. That's going to drop tomorrow, so be able to look out for that. 
We got another episode of Dropping Dimes dropping tomorrow. I know Devin and Daniel have their take on all of this as well. And certainly their take on Ohio State. I want to see what they say. It's events. I mean, I now I feel even more right. Because everything I've been saying about Ohio State and Ryan Day, you basically said earlier in the show. So, I, hell, now I know I was right. Now I know I'm right about the dude. So, we'll get more into that. Appreciate you guys showing love to the breakdown, showing love to the film study. Obviously, we're doing a lot of digging on all of this, this news that is making the rounds. Ohio State kind of feeding things to ESPN, Yahoo kind of feeding things, or ES, uh, NCAA feeding things to Yahoo. Meanwhile, we're keeping our ear to the ground around these parts, figuring out what they're saying around Michigan. And at this point, holding pattern, man. Let's see what they got. Let's see what proof they have. And we will deal with it accordingly is basically what I'm getting back right now. I'm also getting back that Ohio State has a guy, too. I got wrote about it this morning. I see the name starting to make the rounds. They got a guy, too. So check that out. We're going to have more details on all of this uh, throughout the week over on MichiganInsider.com. So be sure to check that out. Vance, is real as always, my brother. Appreciate you. It's been exciting. I'll tell you what. I'm telling the fans right now, go to that Michigan film study. You want to have a good time? Sam and I, we had a great time. We couldn't do certain things here, but on the film study, baby, it's live at five. We were on the train and we were partying. So go check that out, baby. And You'll have a blast. Yeah, you look, you you will get more Michigan State, right? I mean, this yeah. is we are all over the place here for obvious reasons, but in the film study is 90% Michigan State. It's a little bit of Ohio State in there too, but 90% Michigan State and breaking down the plays. You don't want to miss it. And Vance was in rare form. Let me tell y'all. Van, Vance, he broke out some new stuff t- this time. I yes, had to Vance. <laughs> hey, we got crunk, baby. <laughs> So be sure to check out Vance in the film study. That is dropping tomorrow, folks. Oh, and by the way, a special guest on the Michigan Recruiting Insider that will give some great insight on NIL. So you don't want to miss that as well. Be sure to tune in for that tomorrow as well. Until then, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with Vance Beth. Go Blue. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.